Today is the um, day when the federal court awarded Rebbe's library to Chabad, and it's a day of victory for all good things, all things of goodness and holiness, and um, this is especially relevant to um, what's going on in the world today. We want to see the victory of, of the uh, Jewish people in Israel. And we want to see the freedom of the captives, which is actually the content of this week's Torah portion. Yehuda is trying to get his brother, Binyamin, freed. And so the same content of the Torah portion, um, the redemption of the Torah books of Hetevis, redemption of, of Binyamin, all in sync with what's going on in the world right now. So um, I wanted to uh, share something that has connected to the beginning of this week's Torah portion, where Yehuda approaches Yosef and he says to Yosef um, he says let, my, let me speak something into the ears of my master I want to, please, please let me speak let me share something let me say something in the ears of my master so Rashi says I have the Chumash of for a second thank you Rashi says what does that mean let my words enter your ears. That's what Rashi says. Let my words enter your ears. What does um, Rashi mean when he adds that line? What's he trying to contribute by saying, let my words enter your ears? So the um, Gorarie and the Ram, uh, the Mizrahi, they explain this. They say that you might think that what the Torah is saying, that what Yehuda is saying is to, to Yosef is, I want to whisper to you. Let me speak into your ear. It sounds like on a whisper. So therefore, Rashi has to explain that he's not, he's not whispering into his ears, because that's not um, the appropriate way to speak to a king. Um, rather, he's just saying, I want my words to enter your ears. I want you to really hear what I have to say. Don't think it means Rashi is saying, according to the that he wanted to whisper, rather, Rashi is explaining it, it was, he was saying, I want my words to really, I want you to really hear me. But the Maskil David asks on this, another commentary of Rashi, um, he says, this is not the first time he uses, the Torah uses the expression, let my words enter your ears. The Torah uses that expression, and I'm like, can you ask me to sit there also? The Torah uses this expression um, in the conversation that Avram has with Ephron, where Avimelech speaks to his servants. Um, Avram says to Ephron, let my words enter your ears. Um, Avimelech, after his encounter with Avram, he's frightened and he speaks to his servants. And he's, the Torah says there also, he spoke to the ears of his servants, telling them that we have to free this person because this person is not a regular person. And a miracle happen with him. So the Torah uses that expression there as well. The Torah uses the words, let my words enter ears. The Torah speaks about speaking into someone's ears before. And earlier on, the Torah doesn't, um, the Torah doesn't mention, um, Rashi doesn't mention, Rashi doesn't see a need to explain those words. And it seems like Rashi is totally okay with those words being understood in the simple, simple uh, meaning that although... Um, um, it was clear that Avimelech wasn't whispering to his servants. 
Rashi doesn't have to mention what the Torah means. Rashi doesn't have to explain what Avimelech speaking to the ears of his servants means. Because Avimelech is obviously trying to convey something to them that they should get it. So, so Rashi doesn't see a need to um, explain the words, enter, I mean, the words speaking to someone, someone's ears earlier on in the, in the several times the Torah uses this expression. We have to say something unique about this verse that Rashi found difficult and it was different than the verses before and because of this difficulty Rashi had to um, explain something here that he didn't explain before. Rashi had to say specifically here that the words of um, he means let my words come into your ears. So to understand this what was difficult here specifically and how Rashi makes this right by his explanation uh, let's go into the next verse. The next verse, um, Rashi says, actually in the same verse, before I go into the next verse, before I go to the next point, um, another funny thing is, Rashi is only trying to explain the words, let, my, let me speak into the ears of my master. And although that's the only content of Rashi, he still finds it necessary to put in the title of Rashi, Ba'iga Whenever Rashi mentions a title, the title is pertinent to the content of, these, of the subject that he explains. Here Rashi quotes from the verse, not just the words, let me speak to the ears of my master, but also, also the words, and Yehuda approaches Yosef. Why is that necessary? Why is that pertinent to Rashi's explanation? So further on in the verse, it says, do not get angry at your servant. Rashi says, since Yehuda had to tell, tell um, Yosef, don't get angry, why do you tell someone not to get angry? Because you're giving them a reason to get angry. So Yehuda says, Rashi, from here you learn, that, you, that, that he spoke to him in a stern manner. He spoke to him in a rebuking, stern, abrasive manner. We learn this from the words, do not get angry. That's what Rashi says. So, the, um, the uh, nuance of Rashi is, from here you learn this. It's an unusual way of saying this. Rashi could have said, Lamata, we learn. Rashi says the words, from here you learn. It sounds like Rashi is trying to tell us, don't learn this from any other verse. Learn this from here. What does that mean? So, so the Masculine David, David, he makes the following point. He says, there are many um, instances in this dialogue between Yehuda and Yosef where Rashi chooses to explain them as being very, very stern, very abrasive, when they don't have to be explained that way. For example, um, he, he says, Rashi says, you are, um, you are like Pare, um, and Rashi brings the explanation that just like Pari promises doesn't fulfill, you're doing the same thing. Um, just like your grand, the, 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 the Pharaoh of generations ago was smitten with disease when he started up with my grandmother Sarah, so too you will also be smitten with disease. So he was really, um, uh, he was really going, going for the jugular here. Rashi mentions another explanation. If you make me angry, I will kill you and I will kill your master. So, so Yehuda's very, um, Rashi explains this in a very stern way, when he doesn't have to. Um, in the next verse, Yehuda's, Rashi does a similar thing. 
He says, my master asked his servants. Yehuda begins the next sentence. You asked your servants, you asked us, do we have a brother, do we have a father? So Yehuda, according to Rashi, was saying this. You are starting up with us. You are trying to, you are trying to find fault in us. You're trying to, um, you're trying to begin with our, our, our first dialogue with you was, when, when it was, was without any trust. You're going with an accusation from the, from the gate. You're already starting up with us and trying to find fault in us. What's going on? Yehuda is speaking to Yosef in such a certain way. So why is it, so Maskell David says, um, we see in the next um, Rashi, um, how the next verse is how Rashi explains every verse to mean stern things. Why does he have to explain that way? He could explain those verses to mean very benign things. You're just like, like Rashi mentions in his first explanation, you're just like the Pharaoh, you're a king like the Pharaoh, um, you ask me this question, and it could be a very soft, soft thing. You're, you don't have to say it means I'm going to kill you like I'm going to kill Pare. You don't have to say that. So why does Rashi choose to explain this? So that's what Rashi is trying to do in this commentary in the words. You're like, do not get angry at me. Rashi is saying, why does a person say that? Because he's speaking to him in a way that warrants anger. He spoke to him in a very stern, rebuking way. Hold on a second. I just want to say a bracha chayim before I forget. Hold on. Okay, so so Rashi is is is, is saying um, this verse is the one that's causing me to explain all the other verses to mean um, to mean that that there's something um, abrasive about Yehuda's conversation with Yosef. Because it says, don't get angry, that's, that's, um, that's what tells Rashi there's something more in the conversation. There's something, um, there's an attack over here that Yehuda is doing. Um, but that leaves us with still a question. Why does Rashi say, from here you learn this? Rashi could have just said, as I mentioned before, we learn from the, these words. Why does Rashi say, it sounds like there's some other place that we would have thought to, to learn this nuance in the conversation, to learn that there was something um, abrasive about the conversation. And, um, and therefore, the Torah has to say, Rashi has to say, no, the source of the tone of Yehuda, the source, how we know that his tone was so um, frontal and so abrasive and so strong, we know this from this verse specifically, not from another verse. So, so what is Rashi trying to um, um, uh, tell us with that word? From here we learn this. Where else would we have learned this? The Rashi telling us, don't learn it from there, learn it from here. So to understand all this, let's go to the words, the ears. Let me speak into your ears. How could those words be explained? What else could those words mean? When you say I'm going to speak to your ears, what am I trying to say? One thing I could be trying to say is, there are many people in the room, but I want your ears to hear me. I want to talk to you. That's what those words can mean. I want to speak to your ears. Another thing those words can mean is, I'm talking to you directly. I'm not talking to any intermediary. I'm talking to you and to you alone without anyone in between us. There's no, there's no um, go-between. 
There's no, uh, no one else between us. There's no messenger. I am talking to you directly. That's what those words could mean. So in Avram's conversation with Ephraim, that's how you could explain it. Avram was um, speaking to Ephraim and saying to him, there's many people around. There's a, there's a, there are the members of your city over here. But I, Avram, I'm only trying to talk to you. That's what, that's what those words are saying there. Um, when Avimelech was speaking to his ser- servants, what was the unique over there? He's the king. Kings don't usually talk directly to their servants. Kings have their, their underlings, their managers who talk to their servants. Here the king himself is talking to his servants. That's why the Torah uses the words, Avimelech spoke to the ears of his servants. It was without any intermediary. But over here, both of those options don't fit. You can't say that um, Yehuda is trying to tell Yosef, I want to speak to you and to no one else. I want to speak directly to you. Because, first of all, obviously Yosef is the only one that could take care of this. Number two, the whole conversation is very, very, um, very clear that he's designating Yosef as the address to the conversation. It's, it's he's the only one that he's talking to about all the things that happened before. It's, it's, there's no reason to mention that, that it's directly to Yosef. And more, as Rashi quotes in his heading, in his title, we asked him, why didn't he mention it? It says, Yehuda approaches Yosef. That means if you had any doubt who he's talking to, he specifically walked closer to Yosef and said, hey man, I'm trying to talk to you. So, so there's no point then, it's, it would seem, of, um, of uh, you can't say the words, I'm speaking to your ears, is trying to say I'm speaking to you um, directly to you. That's obvious. We also can't explain that Yehuda was trying to speak to Yosef without an intermediary. Rashi already mentioned before that they, Yehuda didn't know that Yosef spoke Hebrew. And therefore, he had to have an intermediary. So there couldn't have been a direct conversation without an intermediary. So we have, we're still left with the question, then what does it mean when Yehuda said, I want to speak into your ears? Um... So that's why Rashi explains that here, what those words mean is, you I want my words to enter your ears. As the previous Rebbe says, there's hearing, and then there's their, he, uh, their hair. Their hair means that not just hearing something, but something that goes into you and affects you and touches you and moves you, and every, and every part of your body is affected by you heard something, and it really like, gets into you. Gets into your, gets into your kishkes, gets into your into your intestines, as the expression goes. So that's what Yehuda was telling Yosef, I want to speak into your ears, I want you to really get this. Why? Because he wanted to influence Yosef. He didn't just want him to hear, he wanted him to do something. He wanted him to free Benjamin. So, now we understand why Rashi says, from here we learn this. There's another word in this dialogue which clearly indicates that there's something more stern about Yehuda's tone. The other word is Yedaber. Yedaber, we know, means there's two ways to speak to someone. There's, there's Amira and there's Dibor. Amira means to speak softly and Daber means to speak harshly. So that word also could indicate that um, the conversation was, was uh, high, uh, tense. But Rashi says, don't think that. That's not the source. The source is from the words, do not be angry at your servant. Why are those the words? And what does that, what does that give us? What does that, how does that change the narrative? 
Let's say, why can't we learn that the conversation was tense because Yehuda used the words Yudabr? So the answer is like this. Why does Yudabr mean tense? Why does Yudabr mean harsh? The truth is Yudabr doesn't actually mean harsh. Yudabr means, like the Torah says, Yadber am tachtenu, let the nations of the world um, be subjugated to us. So the word Daber doesn't mean necessarily tense. It means to be subjugated. It means to be led by. It means to be governed by. So it could be that Yehuda is telling Yosef, I want you to be governed by my words, but there are different ways to govern someone. You could govern someone, you could affect them by, by speaking to them from your heart, words of supplication, words of tachanunim, words of, please, let me, let, 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 listen to me, this really matters to me. And that's why Rashi says, don't use the word yadaber as a source for the, for the for the tone of the conversation, because then it may mean that Yehudu is speaking, yes, in a way that is effective, in a way that influenced Yosef, but not in a harsh tone. And how do we know there's a harsh tone from the word, do not be angry at your servant. Okay, that's how we could explain Rashi. Um, but we're still left with, um, with, with something we need to explain. What's the message for us in our lives? What do we need to know from this? And, and the question is this, it doesn't seem like this is a correct way to talk to someone. First, you've got to talk to them in a soft way. And then go to sec- level two in the conversation. Then intensify. It doesn't work. Why does Yehuda go straight for the jugular in the conversation? Why doesn't he just talk to him in a regular way? Why does he go straight to speak to him? You can't go back. Like, you can't say, oh, let me speak to him first harsh, and then I'll go back to good cop. That, that, that won't work. But let him go first good cop, then bad cop. Why, do, why does he go first? Why does he go straight for the jugular? Why does he do that? And the answer is, as Yehuda says, this affects the life of Binyamin, it affects the life of Yaakov, it's affecting someone's life. It's not affecting, it's not just something which is just a, I don't, it's something which really matters, because it really matters, therefore Yehuda said, I have to really, therefore I, I, I don't have, when, when, it's, when you're in pain, you just talk, and you don't, you don't reckon with what makes sense, doesn't make sense, make sense. When you're in pain, you just talk. And the Rebbe says, Mikana Talamid. From here we learn, Rashi is also alluding to for all places and all times and all generations, that when there's a situation of a Jewish child, a Jewish child is in captivity in the sense that he doesn't have access to a Jewish education, don't try to um, do things in a PC way. Don't make committees. Don't go step by step. Don't wait. You've got to go immediately and roll up your sleeves and do whatever you can to rescue a Jewish child and give them a Jewish education. And here we learn that there are, yeah, there's, there is a time you could make a, a, a census of Egypt, say which way would, would affect the Egyptians, what do the Egyptians care about, how can we convey things to them. But this was not a time to do that because Binyamin is being in captivity. And therefore you don't go too uh, soft. You go straight, we need this to happen right now. And that's the message. And we should uh, see the Emesir Surah Stavis of B.S. Mashiach Take Mamish. All right, all the best. Yantif. One second, I'm going to keep it the... Okay.